Kia ora. you're listening to an Auckland Libraries podcast. Welcome to the Heritage Talks podcast, bringing you the best in local and family history from Aotearoa, New Zealand, the Pacific and beyond. Your heritage now. No mai, haere mai. In this talk, editor of the New Zealand genealogist Bruce Ralston offers some advice for getting started in writing family history. Learn how to use your accumulated research and knowledge to create interesting and informative narratives for family and friends. Today, what I would like to cover is um, getting started writing family history. I'm not necessarily um, an expert in this. Uh, It's just something that I feel very passionate about. And I have something of a sense that people are find it difficult to actually get started in doing this. So this is more of an encouragement um, of what to do or what you could do uh, rather than uh, any absolutes. And I've subtitled this, A Few Words Can Make a Sentence, because I think that it's um, uh, possible to actually start at a a, a very basic level um, and build up uh, from there. If you're like me, This is something of the, well, hopefully you're all a little tidier than this, but I did open drawers and boxes just to help give a sense of um, the enormity of what people end up with after they've done uh, a few decades worth of research and gathered uh, information from mothers and grandmothers. So I guess a lot of you are familiar with, you know, this type of accumulation, or hopefully you might have discovered some things like that, or indeed um, boxes of this type of thing accumulated by grandmother, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of photographs that are essentially not um, sorted. So that's very often the, the starting point for people when they come to the stage of thinking about what they want to do or what they can do. It's also a case that um, many people will have accumulated uh, bits and pieces online, you know, found things online, stored them, and then a case of uh, trying to, to work out how to do something with all of that. What I'm going to um, suggest here is that you just get started, and that might in actual fact sound a lot easier than it is for many people. But there's nothing wrong with actually sitting down and writing a sentence and you know getting that um, uh, underway. It's a little bit more com- complex than that, but we're going to work through some of the elements there for you. Of course, if you have the time, um, it's a great idea to set aside a regular hour, a, a week, um, a fortnight, a month, um, where you actually just focus on thinking about what it is that you want to write and um, maybe starting on some of that. It doesn't really matter whether you're doing it um, with pen and paper um, or indeed with the laptop or you know tablet. The electronic the, or the pen and paper um, equally good. So, so get started. Try and do it as a, a regular um, element of, of your life. And probably I could say that Right at the moment, most, well, all of you who are in New Zealand, New South Wales, 
have probably got plenty of time at the moment that you could actually set about doing something. The other thing um, I would like to suggest is that you actually keep it simple. It, it's quite common, uh, well it has been quite common in the, the past for genealogists to produce books or booklets, maybe for a, a, uh, an anniversary, a reunion, whatever. What I would like to suggest is that you um, set that uh, aside as a, an initial goal and replace it with um, something which is maybe a little bit more achievable. Of course, if you think about it, if you, if you can write an essay or a biography or a chapter, then that, all of those um, things might actually end up um, as a book at a later stage as well. I think that the, you know, so there, there is um, that opportunity to write an essay write a biography. I mean, if every one of your ancestors and family has got a biographical story that they can tell, you might actually see um, the potential for a, a, a bigger work and um, write a chapter of, for something or a description. Um, we'll talk about a, a one particular description um, in a minute. A recollection of something that happened in some of the sessions that I've uh, taken, the workshops that I've taken with people, um, we've actually had suggested to people to think about writing a letter. Is it a, ret a letter that you could write to your, um, your grandchildren? Um, or even for that matter, is it something that you could write as a letter to your great-grandmother, um, questioning her about what her life based on what what, what it is that you know. So it's sort of thinking um, creatively about how you might actually put information uh, together. And of course, a, a memoir is also a, a perfectly fine thing for you to consider. Um, it, that, of course, is a little bit similar to your own personal biography, but it does give you latitude to uh, say a few things from a very um, personal perspective. So some, thing, some ways to, to keep, it, keep it going and to keep it simple, really worthwhile to think, to think about. Now, if you're, if you're a genealogist, if you're a family historian, you'll know that there are some, some key uh, questions that you can always ask. And the three genealogical questions basically are who, when, and where. The, the, those form the, um, the, the basis of, of genealogy, along with uh, relationships, how are people um, actually connected. So in, in that respect, maybe there are four questions, but these three ones are um, important for you to think about uh, and build from. If we go into the realm of family history, um, then there are two further questions to think about. And Heather, I guess this is where the how, um, how comes uh, into it as well, is to, to think about the setting in which you, the person, your family actually existed. And um, by asking why events happened or how they happened, um, that, that might actually lead you to, to, to build a, a further part of the story. One of the things that we'd talk about here is that there probably is great opportunity um, to do uh, background reading at this stage. The, the 
the, the setting for your family obviously is in the community that they live or in the nation that they um, they live in that will give you some sort of sense of of um, of their experience <clears throat> and here I would encourage you to avoid being too general about that I mean we I think we are quite often inclined to think that because somebody hopped on a ship and came uh, uh, you know uh, 12,000 miles around the world that it was a terrible experience and you know um, there were all these babies died on board and you know we, so we, we, we tend to put our own perspective on what the that particular event is the reality is the voyage may have been um, very straightforward it would have been probably quite monotonous full of um, regulations and structure and yes there may have been babies dying but uh, were that was that any different from high child mortality in the the towns and the villages that um, that they came from so you know we we, we we can sort of throw on a perspective which is you know a hundred years after the the time that we might want to be talking so just think about think about that a bit more widely do some reading watch watch some things on tv or on youtube um to to give you uh, maybe a better sense um of, of of achieving that one of the important things um you you have to think about in doing your writing is who is it that you're actually writing for are you writing it for your family are you writing it for those generations that come after you you might be in fact just writing it for your friends um that that might seem a little bit strange from a genealogical point of view but but that you know that has to be considered as one of your um audience types are you writing it for the general public do you want the 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 whole world to know about um what it is that you have learnt and discovered um does it have value in telling as stories um for other genealogists so that they learn then by by that experience and quite legitimately um are you actually writing this for yourself are you trying to put something into perspective that tells you something about your origins and the way that you behave the way that you think those are definitely considerations um, in terms of thinking about who you're doing it for it's also quite handy if you think about themes and themes can be just about anything but i mean if you if you 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 pick on something that will help to give you a focus then that is something which can keep your um, mind distracted by all of the huge amount of other stuff that could be um, uh, could be considered you don't have to um, tell a person's entire life um, in one go could could think about uh, it, it occurred to me just this morning about uh, because of something else that I read um, about the the um, the seven ages of man of man which I think is something um, which described in, in um, Shakespeare and that could very well be a thematic basis for um, seven different uh, stories um, seven different essays so that is something to think about because it helps to control the size of what you build it also you have to keep in mind that um, having sort of a focus might make it a hell of a lot easier for um, whoever you're giving it to to 
to read. Um, and it also gives some sort of structure to, to what you're writing as well. Think about uh, preparing a timeline. The, the, the value of, of doing a timeline of um, births, deaths, marriages, starting school, um, work, uh, work involvements, all of that sort of thing, can help to highlight um, some connections, you know, that the fact that this person was, uh, had begun working in, in Wellington in 1949 might in actual fact be the, the, the reason why they met somebody and married them the following year. Um, so, um, you know, th think about the implications of those connections because, because everything in our lives does actually follow in a sequence of, of dates. So um, important for that. And it might also help to explain the reasons why things happened. You know, um, a, um, an exodus of people from Ireland in the late... 1840s could very well be put down to um, famines and various things that were happening at, the, at that particular time. So, you know, there are, there are consequences of, of um, bigger events as well. Just think about, uh, about that. I, um, just in terms of, of, of the, the sort of thing um, to consider, I was in I've, I've been quite interested in the idea of writing about um, heirlooms, um, if there are things in your family, because, I mean, there's actually quite a, a story that can be told if you have, have got a, a, you know, a sense of, um, of that. Um, this particular cup, which you might sort of see way up above, above me there, was something that I used as a, as a basis um, for a story, because, I mean, there was quite a lot of information when it came down to it, on the cup, I mean, there, there is actually the, the, the whole thing about the, the style of it for a start. You know, why was it um, in the, this um, shape? But then there's the whole thing about what what was it presented for? What, what was the event that it was presented for? Um, there's a name connected. There's actually some hand-drawn um, initials sort of down the bottom there under the name um, J. Dawson. Um, so what's you know what is the actual story about there? The heirloom we can we can talk about who you know who made it. Um, there are actually some um, stamps on it, um, which led to an interesting story in its own right. Because although it might sort of look as if it's a silver cup, it's actually electroplated um, silver, and Normally, you would expect stamps to be put on on um, sterling silver. In this particular case, um, it told a story about you know how um, how and where that this was uh, likely made, um, and, and that of course ties in with with the dating of the um, of the cup of the cup um, occasion as well. Um, through um, knowing something about where the person lived. It was actually quite possible to learn about the the, the whole event um, and to, to build up quite a story behind that. There is the person behind it um, who um, was quite well known in his local area in Christchurch um, as a sportsman, particularly in rowing. There's you know something more about the sports, and there's also the the story about the the owners. This is something that's come to me from my mother, from her mother, 
from her father. So um, there, there's, there's, you know, there is something that could be told um, in that respect. And that has um, resulted in an article that I wrote a couple of years ago for the New Zealand genealogist, where, where I was able to pick up on um, particular elements of this to tell a, um, a focused story. There's a huge amount more that I could, uh, could write about um, uh, relating to um, Joseph Dawson, um, but that may be the result of a number of other articles or, or um, essays or, or whatever. Once you've actually put a few of your sentences together, it's, it's time to review that. And looking in particular um, for things, you know, that you, what you've written is, is correct, um, that it's consistent, and that it's concise, because you don't need to have more words written down on uh, your piece of paper or your, your Word document um, than is necessary. And I mean, you also have to keep in mind that it may be that there are, you know, the, 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 how easy is it going to be for somebody to read? And you might not necessarily, you know, need all of the information that you um, that that you, you think you do. So just a few examples here. Some of this is is incredibly pedantic, but it's the sort of thing that um, genealogists really should know better about. So here I've got, you know, first have written, I copied the parish birth certificate from the internet. Does the reader actually need to know, for example, that you got it from, from the internet? That's maybe um, you know, a footnote that you could include. But in reality, there is no such thing as a parish birth certificate. So um, how, how accurate are you actually being? What you're talking about is uh, you, you've downloaded a copy of um, a baptism register. You might want to say more particularly where you actually got it. But again, I would say that sort of information from ancestry.com is what you would put a you you could put in as a as a footnote, so it's not distracting from the um, from the story. As I say, we're being pedantic here, but this is all about what um, good uh, writing can come down to. And here, um, you know, a, a really small point, but if, if you're going to um, use use um, a format be consistent in what you you do in terms of writing there is often no absolute right or wrong way of, of doing things so for example um, if you prefer to have misses with a full stop after it then perfectly fine just use mrs with a full stop mr with a full stop doctor with a full stop every time you um, you, you, you use it these days, I think it's probably tidier and less complicated if you don't use it. But, you know, as I say, that is actually a, a stylistic um, preference. Similarly, in the second statement, we've got um, a couple of things. Um, there, are, there are very few things. One of the things that I find as editor of the New Zealand Genealogist is that writers love to emphasise. They love using bold, they love using um, italics, they love using exclamation marks and bolding and all of that sort of thing. It's totally unnecessary. I mean, you, you don't have to exclaim absolutely everything that you're doing. So um, things like um, italics should be limited to a, a couple of things. Um, 
in particular. One would be the um, the titles of books, newspapers, magazines, for example. Uh, and the other area where it's regularly used is for the names of um, ships. So in this particular instance, we've got, you know, how do you spell steamship? Is it one word or two? I think in actual fact, either version is acceptable, but, you know, if you're going to be using um, one word, well, then always use one word. Um, if you're going to be using italics well then for the name of a vessel, then use it on all uh, uh, vessels. And again, being consistent about how you do things. I, I have a very strong preference that you write dates um, in the order of day, month, year, and that it is just the, the, the numbers, 16, a full uh, September, and then the full year afterwards. Um, <clears throat> if you do decide to use a TH to represent the, you know, the 29th, then make sure that you either use it as superscript or uh, lowercase, uh, or as an ordinary case consistently. Um, it's those things that just make it messy, really, if you're, if, if, if you're actually reading through something. Um, there's absolutely no reason why you can't use February um, as a full word. But again, if it's your, you know, if it's your style to use um, abbreviations, well then abbreviate the, the whole way through. Try to be consistent about what you're doing. And um, nothing I can particularly say about about the the other other than that it, it is aiming to be um, a little more consistent we um, can tend to be um, a little verbose in in our writing we um, have a tendency to use a passive voice rather than an active voice and I'm not going to explain those those are things that you can learn about elsewhere but the, if somebody's reading this do um, do they actually know that need to know that it's from the 1851 census, um, and you know that the, 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 this detail is um, information that is is clearly from there, or can that actually be condensed a little by changing it to the fact that by 1851 he, he had become a blacksmith and moved to, so um, you know think about what it is you're writing. Um, and what is ultimately a little bit more um, readable. Again, you know, um, that that will uh, come up according to your own particular preferences, but, you know, be concise where you can. One of the most important things in writing a book in which many, many people uh, entirely overlook um, unless they're uh, getting it published by you know professional publishers, is um, the review, and and particularly um, the proofing of um, what you've written. Once you've written something, leave it for a while. Come back to it at a later date and with a slightly fresh uh, set of eyes and um, and a frame of mind. There might be quite obvious that you've missed things or you could have your words in better order. There might be, you know, um, this sentence is better if it leads into the next one by moving it in front of it or uh, this 
paragraph um, that I've put at the end would actually be better if I put it at the beginning because then it sets the scene for things. Um, so leaving things and then rereading is actually a very valuable process um, in the writing. Another really valuable point is, is actually getting uh, things um, proofread. You may feel a little sensitive about other people seeing what you've, you've read, but they have got a, a whole different perspective from you and may see things that they don't understand. So if you have written something they don't understand it, it's, it's quite likely that your whole audience isn't going to particularly understand it. With the New Zealand genealogist, we have um, at least three people proofing, and I would say that in every issue that's published, those three people all find um, different things. So, um, you know, there, there are mistakes that crop up in any of our writing. It is an invaluable thing for, to have. And proofing can come in different stages. I mean, one of, one of the fuller stages is actually somebody going through basically with a red pen and saying, this doesn't make sense. Um, have you thought about this? Um, check your spelling here, whatever. Other more defined proofing is, is actually taking what is fairly well fixed and checking it for things like consistency or, 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 or that things are correct, that you know, there are spacings between words where there should be and, and so on. And do consider rewriting if necessary. There's no, you know, um, uh, even the best writers in the world will end up potentially writing uh, what they have written for numerous times. Um, so uh, that, that's definitely a consideration. As I was, uh, primarily that's what I wanted to talk to you, to you about today in terms of writing. What I want to uh, indicate from here is that I'm not the only one who, who knows uh, anything about writing family um, history. There's a whole library full of stuff out there. With uh, Other people have put together their ideas, their sort of perceptions of how you to, or how you gather your information and how you um, make it available in various forms. What they have to say all will have a similarity to what I have um, outlined. Um, so I feel quite confident that you know what what I'm saying is some of the core things, particularly help you know in helping people to get started. Writing can end up being quite sophisticated, so um, you know, do get uh, ideas from other people about what what uh, you know what you might do. There, there are going to be bright ideas in all of these publications, many of which you'll find in um, local libraries. Those of you who are members of the New Zealand Society of Genealogists will find these in their library as well. So um, a great consideration. In these troubled times, however, um, there's a lot, lot that you can actually do without even leaving home. You, looking at the, uh, at the internet, there's, there's, there's an unbelievable amount of help and ideas about what, um, what you can do. And even, even to the extent that, you know, if you, if you were to go onto YouTube, which is one of my 
most favourite places um, these days um, for a whole range of things, not for necessarily for family history. You 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 just you, you've got huge huge amounts of video clips about that that, that will go through similar sort of uh, matters, and again, uh, it's it's an opportunity for you to to um, listen and see and think about what it is that um, these these people are saying and how you might actually uh, put it in, into practice yourself. So that, that is um, uh, particularly good. I would say that, uh, for example, in some, on some genealogical sites also, Family Search um, has got a, a number of different um, resources about uh, writing family history. And you will also find some things um, on the New Zealand Society of Genealogists um, website. There's a mass of stuff out there for, to, for, for, for helping you. Just go out and put your toes in the water um, and think about what it is that you might want to do. What comes next? I, hopefully in talking with you, um, you have a, have a sense that there are possibilities that you can um, set about. And one of the ways of doing that is, is to set about doing it all by yourself. Organise to um, sit down sometime with your pen and paper, your laptop. Um, Organise how you think that you might, what, what it is that you might want to, to, to do. Um, set some targets. See what comes out of it. You know, there is a thing called writer's block. You're not always going to be able to um, produce things end on end. So be realistic about uh, all of that. One of the things that is um, is beginning to happen around New Zealand, um, well, and, and also in uh, Australian states that I know of, it would be interesting to know if there's um, something happening in places like Canada as well, um, is, is writing groups. And some of these are incredibly formal, and some of them are essentially informal. A good number of branches of the New Zealand Society of Genealogists are now starting up uh, writing groups. And these, um, again, can be sort of informal, semi-formal, informal, um, have structures, but, but, but I, I, essentially they operating at a time where people come together and uh, spend time together writing um, or maybe talking about what it is that they're writing or or talking about ideas that you know you might not have thought about um, in terms of a, a, a writing objective hopefully providing some sort of uh, support for that there are online courses and workshops um, that you can join it, you, I mean, you may find that there are actually other writing courses that are available through um, U3A or local community organisations that aren't specifically genealogical family history, but nevertheless are, are going to give you um, some sort of support and some other ideas about what it is that you might want to do. One of the things uh, that I have been uh, particularly involved with over a good number of years is the Ted Gilbert Literary Trust that was set up to support um, writing family history for New Zealanders. And um, 
that's had a, a long association with the New Zealand Society of Genealogists. But one of the things that the, the Literary Trust actually formulated a couple of years ago was Family History Writers Network. Um, we had had or have grand plans about how that might um, work to uh, assist things. Um, it's in, intended to be a network uh, rather than a organisation that um, does a lot. Along with one of the other trustees, Julie McDonald, um, Julie and I have done a number of um, workshops for branches, uh, particularly in the northern part of uh, of the North Island, and we're with the idea of you know getting people over that first first hump, um, as well as I'm trying to do today. But there are all sorts of other opportunities for um, helping people or keeping people up to date with um, opportunities that that come along. So, um, I, well, one of the we, we did think about setting up a, a website. The only trouble with setting up a website or even a Facebook page is that somebody has to um, particularly manage it. And um, these days, there are just so many other things that have to be managed. So it's not really something that we we do want to get in, into. To be honest, I can't remember whether we did set up a Facebook or that was just an intention. But one of the things that we do have is a Gmail um, contact, and we would be interested in people who are um, who are interested in participating in a network um, to, to send us an email um, expressing that interest. And so that we can build up something of a, um, a mailing list and share information and collaborate um, that way. Um, so if you wanted to send through an, an email, that's about it from me. Stay tuned for more tracks in this Heritage Talk series or visit the Auckland Library's website for other podcast tracks. Kia manawa ho. Enjoy. <laughs>